The teachings of General Conference are the considerations the Lord would have before us now and in the months ahead. Our marching orders for each six months are found in the General Conference addresses. For the next six months, your conference edition of the Ensign should stand next to your standard works and be referred to frequently. I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I exhort you to study the messages of this conference frequently, even repeatedly, during the next six months. You're listening to the Conference Talk Podcast, where it's conference weekend every weekend. Every week on this show, we discuss talks from the most recent General Conference of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We'll share some insights, make some connections, and hopefully have a bit of fun as we study the words of the men and women God has called to direct His Church in these, the latter days. This is Episode 10. I'm Michael Young, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Melissa Fugaza. Hello! And we'll be talking about, actually, two different um, addresses. The first is The Things of My Soul by Elder Ronald A. Rasband. And Simply Beautiful, Beautifully Simple by Elder Gary E. Stevenson, both of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. And so these uh, talks are great because they do go just so well together. They have similar themes in a lot of places. I I think that's it's a great idea to discuss them together for that reason. I agree. So I want to just, yeah, I just like to start off with the things of my soul. it, it gets the title for this from a, a passage in Nephi, where Nephi talks about uh, writing on the plates and writing the things of his soul on the plates. And then Elder Ratzman goes on to talk about, oh, you know, what are the things of my soul? And he gives uh, a list of different things that that he considers the things of his soul. And at the end, I liked it how he said, okay, you can fill in eight, nine, and 10. So let's make a look. He gave us seven things and so that you could decide what eight, nine, and 10 should be. Um, <laughs> but I thought that was really, really interesting. I thought that was interesting, huh? Yeah, I like how he kind of was just like, hey, fill in the blanks. But I think what's really cool about how he did this talk is really for me, things of my soul translates to what makes up your spiritual personality. And so Elder Rasband, you know, he does the first seven, which I think to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, we all have or should have those seven things in common with each other. But then, yeah, he's saying, hey, but eight, nine, and 10, make it your thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting that the things of your soul don't always, don't necessarily have to be the same thing as somebody else's soul. You know, we all, we all are, are individuals and our spiritual makeup is going to look a little bit different. And that's yes. okay. I like that message. Yeah, I like that part too. I, I know personally, I know personally uh, you know, I, I draw a lot of spiritual strength from, uh, from music. But I, and I know that you know, that for me is a thing of my soul. Uh, but I'm sure that's not everybody. <laughs> you know, we, we fill the spirit in different ways. How about you? Yes, I agree. I- I I do love music too, um, but you're right. I don't think that's how the spirit touches me as deeply. Um, For me, it's about the written word um, and also hearing the words of really great talks, like the conference talks. It just kind of settles into my soul differently than really anything else. So I agree that 
um, music is your thing, words are my thing. For other people, it could be other things. Well, that's awesome. That uh, it actually made kind of me think of uh, made me think about uh, a movie, a Pixar movie. Uh, have you seen uh, Inside Out? Yes, I love that movie. <laughs> It's a great one. It made me think about uh, in this film, uh, they're inside of a, a young girl's head and she has different islands of personality like that are her, her core or made by her core memories. Like are, are the, the things that are the, at the absolute center of her personality and her soul to speak of. Uh, and for her, it was things like her friends and her family and her and playing hockey and stuff. But I, I thought like, you know, it's kind of a good analogy. Like we have these, spiritual pillars of our soul on which our our own testimony rests um and they might look a little different for everybody but we all um we we all can have them and we can all build them and but also it's interesting in the course of that movie there's a uh, a a part where those break down and she starts losing her personality like it, she starts making bad choices and starts uh, not being true to who she really is and what she really holds dear and believes. And uh, those, those islands start crumbling and have to be replaced later. But I, I thought that was just, uh, it made me think of that too. Like that's, it's a thing uh, where we have these things in our soul, but they're, don't, they're not necessarily permanent. If we're not careful and we don't uh, do things to keep them in our soul, uh, then they're, they can also crumble. And we can, if, when we go against the things that we really, truly believe. I agree with that. And I think, um, again, going back to how Elder Rasband gives like seven things, I think if you follow those seven things, it keeps those going with your um, imagery of the islands of personality. It kind of helps those inner things, our own personal islands come out um, and we can show them brighter and they're more useful as well. So we can actually use our talents and abilities that are unique. Um, if we're following the first seven things that he lists in his talk. Absolutely. And I, um, I, I think there's also a lesson in the fact that Nephi was writing these things down. Uh, he thought that it was important enough right, in his case that he actually had, you know, engraven the message on metal plates. Like we've got a lot easier these days. Yes. We don't have to go out and like make the, the go out and gather raw materials to make the thing that you're going to write on and then chisel it in. Uh, you know, we don't have to go that far. But uh, he thought it was important enough to write about these things for uh, the things of his soul. Uh, so that he could pass those on. And so I, I think that's also really instructive. Once we figure out what these things of your soul are, you need uh, to write them down, uh, record them in a way that they can uh, be read by your children or your uh, your relatives, something that, you know, a legacy that you can leave them. Uh, is that, um, what are your thoughts about that? I agree with that. I think it all, everything obviously is all interconnected. I was thinking as you were talking about um, writing things down for our posterity, it's really interesting. Um, I had a unique experience of about a month ago where uh, it's a really long story short, but I came into acquaintance uh, with an elderly missionary couple that the wife actually grew up in the same ward that my grandparents were in. My grandfather actually was her oh, bishop. Boy. Yeah. And my grandparents passed away when I was 16 years old. 
Um, so I didn't, I got to know them and I have some memories with them, but I don't have a lot of memories of them. And so what, what has been so cool is I've been able to reach out to her and, and um, ask her if she could share some stories, some memories, things like that about my grandmother. It's just very rare that you get like a third party, a non-relative that grows up with your family member, you know, that can kind of tell oh, you these things. Yeah. And so it's been, <laughs> it's been, it's been so cool because she has been contacting her sisters as well, who also knew my grandparents and they've all been sending me emails, um, telling me of memories they knew of my grandmother, uh, sharing recipes that they got for my grandmother that they still use. And it's been so cool. <laughs> And it's made me feel just so much closer to my grandma um, because it's coming from these people that just love my grandmother, not because she was a family member, but she was this really great, righteous leader woman in their community and their church. And so I, I think that's true. I think um, obviously we can learn so much from our family, but obviously as well in the scriptures, we're learning from people that we didn't know personally, but we glean so much from them um, and their experiences. Yeah, we don't have to start from scratch with the things of our soul. You know, the things of, of our soul can be related to the experiences of, of those who've gone before us. Yeah. And, and I, 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 oh, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, I think um, what's interesting also, we can talk about this in a minute too, but I, my husband, for some reason on Sunday, noticed that Elder Rasband was doing um, a devotional, a face-to-face event, they call them, for the single adults, or the young adults, I guess is what we call them in the church. And (laughs) he did this message in it, and it actually was a follow-up to this talk. And for some reason, my husband said, hey, let's watch this, you know, face-to-face event, even though we're, you know, married and older and have kids and whatever. And I said, sure, you know, anytime an apostle speaks, I'm, I'm willing to listen. So we turned it on and, and, um, he, you know, he spoke, his wife spoke, he spoke, it was really good. But right away I, I thought, you know what, he's, he's talking about his talk from conference. I remember this talk. And then of course we were doing this podcast tonight and I thought, oh, that's not a coincidence that (laughs) (laughs) I watched it. But what was really interesting is So he, you know, he gives seven points, um, seven things of his soul. The seventh one he gives is about following God's living prophet. And that's the one that he really focused on during the fireside. Um, And really, yeah. And it was really cool too, because he shared an experience, a personal experience that he had had with every prophet that he had personally known. And so, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. And so his, how many, that? <laughs> let's, let's see his first, the first prophet was David O. McKay. Um, oh, sure. his first memory of that was David O. McKay was in a parade when elder Rasban was a little boy. Um, his mother, elder Rasban's mother worked for the church, I guess. And so she got tickets to the parade, like to sit pretty close to the cars. And so he got to see, President McKay really up close. And he shared a couple of other ones, you know, with um, Harold B. Lee. And I can't even remember all of them. But the one that really resonated with me is he worked with Elder Hunter, 
President Hunter, Howard W. Hunter, um, personally, they would go on um, trips. And there was one trip that they went on um, where President Hunter's health was really bad. And they were staying in a hotel and President Hunter and his wife were in the room across from Elder Rasband. And Elder Rasband gets a knock on his door really late one night and it's sister Hunter. And she asks Elder Rasband if he could come help because President Hunter had fallen out of his bed and he was too weak to get up. And so I know it was... Elder Rasben gets up, he goes across the hall, he goes in and he lifts up the, the prophet, puts him in his bed, and he chokes up and he says, and President Hunter pulls my head down and kisses me on my forehead. And Oh my goodness. I know, right? It was just, oh, the most beautiful story. But anyway, I'm going off on a whole tangent. But the thing that was so cool about this is, is he, he really focused on to be able to better know the things of our soul is by following the prophet um, because he will help make things so clear. And so that was kind of his point of this, this meeting on Sunday night. Oh, that's wonderful. And we, I mean, we are very blessed to where that's easier to do than it ever has been in all of human history. Uh, I mean, you look at the, the New Testament, they had to wait for epistles from, you know, the servants of God, you know, letters <laughs> that they, they were getting. And, uh, you know, th- today it's it, it's just so simple uh, to look. And I, I fear that it's uh, it can be a little bit too simple sometimes that we, we overlook that specific guidance that we're getting um, here at conference. And, you know, in, and in these other things in between conferences, it's not just general conference. So yeah, I, I Appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, I love also how they're on social media so much. And I will be the first to admit that I get on Facebook and I get scrolling, scrolling, and I see one of the apostles has posted on their page. And I'm like, okay, not like I'm not wanting to read what they say, but usually a lot of times I think, oh, it's something someone just shared over and over again. Yeah. And I've uh-huh. <laughs> I've repented of that now because I think okay, <laughs> anytime a general authority, an apostle of the Lord, the prophet, anybody posts anything, it's a message and I need to stop and I need to actually read it and take it yeah, in. I'm sure they're prayerful about like what they do post and like okay, what what do people need and they follow the you know, the spirit's guidance about that, I'm sure. Yeah, I've never seen a post from a prophet about like a funny meme that they'd like to share, <laughs> you know, about like a cat or something. You know, it's always some like like President Nelson shared um he shared that that uh post on Facebook. It probably was on Instagram and stuff too, but about, you know, setting goals and our resolutions for the new year. And I don't know if you saw that one, oh, but that was cool. Waste. Yeah, different ways to set goals. Uh, yeah, th- that was really insightful, actually. Yeah. I had this picture of him like in more normal clothing. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he's like just out on a walk or something in the nature. And anyway, but that it's cool because Elder Rasband, you know, he's saying we need to listen to the prophet. We need to listen to what he says and we need to follow him and make that a thing of our soul. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I was, you know, I was actually just thinking about that the other day with the, the New Testament and. I was watching somebody, I believe it was on social media or something, saying like, well, what do we, do we have to do everything that uh, that they say to do in the in the New Testament? Because it's just that 
women should be quiet in church and stuff. We're supposed to do that. I'm like, this is why we need a living prophet Mm -hmm. because the, the, (laughs) the, the guidance that he, that Paul was giving back then, uh, you know, we we don't know the, uh, the context of a lot of it. Um, yeah, it was for the church of their time. There's definitely things that we can apply to us, but it, we we have the, the are these living messages that apply to us and our challenges and our issues because I mean vice versa too. Like if the the saints back in in Paul's time were li- to listen to um, a conference talk about social media, you know that would not be relevant to them. You know, right? They, it would go right over their heads. That's true. <laughs> so we. we we need to be really grateful that that we have that because the uh, it's not enough for the, the challenges of our day just to to look at uh, look solely at these ancient sources and just say okay well what can we what can we take from this I mean that is a, of course we need not to forget that too but how what a blessing it is that we have the specific guidance on the specific issues of our day. Uh, from these living prophets. Yes. And I think also it's really important to know that president Nelson specifically, because he is this prophet that's all over social media, this, he really is the very first prophet that is consistently using that tool, right. To speak to everybody. He, he, <laughs> and he's in his 90s. <laughs> yes. And he's, we cannot keep up with him. Nobody can, but um, he's, it's interesting because something that I al- always um, notice around general conference time for me is the six months in between each session, I feel like I kind of start packing on all these layers of import unimportant things in my life. And I'm, you know, distractions and, uh, and sure sins and things like that. And general conference time is that time where through these talks and things like that, those layers slowly start to come off. Because I'm realizing, okay, I am complicating things too much. I need to simplify. I need to strip away unnecessary things that I am doing or being or thinking or whatever. Um, And it used to be it was every six months we'd get that. Now we're getting messages all the time. You know, the other apostles are on social media too. And so here we are. It's not every six months we're having this uh, spiritual stripping away, um, but now it's it could be once a week, maybe twice a week. If they all post once a week, that's fifteen messages a week um, of important <laughs> of important things that we should be doing. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it just uh, it. I saw even just on today, I saw this this uh, one from an apostle where he talks about. I forget which one, but he was talking about that our use of social media should be purposeful and not purposeless. Uh, that that we we shouldn't just you know wa- make it a habit just to wander around uh, too much, but that we we use it for specific purposes because yeah, we can reach people with very uplifting things. And I just thought, yep, I need to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not uh, not not doing not using enough purpose in my. Uh, no, I wonder online wondering. I, I know we're all guilty of that because some days we're just like, I just want to scroll through and watch a cooking video or yep. read a funny joke or something, but it is such a valuable tool and it is so amazing that we do have that immediate access. The other thing I thought was so cool about this talk is when Elder Rasband's talking about how he met with a, a young woman um, via Zoom. And he asked her, 
um, is this the first time an apostle's ever been in your home? <laughs> He's on Zoom. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I just thought, that is really, it's just so cool now. Like at the end of the uh, face-to-face thing that I was just talking about on Sunday, um, they had like a little Q&A at the end. And so anybody on Zoom could just be like, hey, I have a question for this apostle. I mean, I'm I'm 43 years old. I never had this opportunity unless I was physically in a room in a small gathering by some miracle and an apostle's in the room. And nowadays we have such access to them. It's just amazing. Yeah, uh, it's. I think it's one of the ways the Lord's hastening His work. That's that's really incredible. Yeah, I, I'd say let's just quickly go through. Um, I want to just mention the the seven things that He said. Okay, uh, were the were the things of His soul, um, and and then we can. Um, I think we let's draw some co- connections with the the other talk that we wanted to talk about because, like you said, they dovetail very well. Yes, they um, do. So the, it says, the, the, see, the first one He says is love God the Father and. Uh, and Jesus Christ, our Savior. Well, that's a that's a pretty fundamental one. I hope that we all <laughs> can do. Um, second, love thy neighbor. So the the first the the two great commandments are there uh, up, up at the top. Uh, third, love yourself. So that, that that's uh, embedded in that in that uh, commandment to love thy neighbor as thyself. Like if you don't love yourself, then it's not doesn't do any good to love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> that is the, the point he's making there. Um, fourth, keep the commandments. Uh, fifth, always be worthy to attend the temple, uh, whether or not you're able to actually go. Um, six, be joyful and cheerful. Um, and seven, as you were mentioning, the one that he uh, went into deeper was follow God's living prophet. And then he says, you can fill in eight, nine, and 10 for yourself. <laughs> Multiple choice here. Yeah, one of them that I'm, I, as you read through them, I'm, I just think is interesting that it's part of it is the sixth one, be joyful and cheerful. I understand being joyful, um, living the gospel and keeping the commandments and doing what God asks of us to, that really does bring joy. But to be cheerful, I don't know. I'm one of those people that I like to be happy and I like when people are happy, but when there's an overly happy person around me all of the time, it, it can kind of wear on my nerves a little bit. I, I know I'm a bad person for Absolutely. saying that, but it's so no, no, no. it's interesting that he is including that as that's something we need to intentionally be trying to be. Yeah. And I think that uh, being cheerful can manifest itself in different ways. It's a, you know, it's an attitude. It doesn't necessarily mean that you go around with a, you know, skipping and humming and uh, with a goofy grin on your face all the time. I think you can be perfectly cheerful in a, in a reverent more subdued way, but I think it's more of a, uh, the attitude with which you live your life, the, the gratitude that you feel um, for your blessings that let, that lets you have that. I have a cheerful heart. Uh, even if sometimes you don't necessarily have a cheerful countenance. <laughs> right. I was thinking about um, a comment that was made in Relief Society in church last week about a woman who was talking about how there are so many people nowadays that are getting so caught up in the news and the just the things that are going on in the world. And it's just making them depressed and grumpy and just, oh, yeah. you know, so discouraged. And so 
as you were talking, it, it reminded me of that, that that's probably why we are being commanded to be cheerful. Let's not get so caught up in all the drudgery of, you know, whatever. Let's try and focus more on the positive too, of what's going on. Yeah, so I'm um, I'm a German speaker, and they they've got lots of great words for stuff that we might not necessarily have in English. And uh, th- there's a word for that. What you're talking about is called Weltschmerz. It means world pain, literally, uh, where where it's you just you feel pain about the state of the world, and that's that's something that drags you down. And so I I, I think where a lot of us have over the past two years or so have been. Uh, I've felt a little Weltschmerz uh, from time <laughs> to time. So yeah, exactly. We got, we have to try to we have to fight it because if left unchecked, that that can really bog you down. Oh, especially if you don't do anything about it over time. Yeah, that's so true. And I think that that also uh, that that ties really in really well with uh, Elder Stevenson's talk, where he the, the kind of the point of that is that his uh, the gospel is. Uh, simply beautiful and beautifully simple that uh, there uh, it can be uh, explained in in very simple tenets but that it, then also the results the things that come from living the gospel are simply beautiful uh, what, when when you see how it wor- actually works in your life when you try out these things and test them in your own life uh, the the fruit that that bears is beautiful Yeah, I love, um, so I'm reading on his, that he kind of lays out his talk with four main points. And those points are, number one, living the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number two, caring for those in need. Number three, inviting all to receive the gospel. And number four, uniting families for eternity. So he's really laying out the mission of the church, of the gospel, um, yeah, and there's, um, if you look at the, the printed version, they, he has this beautiful graphic uh, of it that you might you know might not see if you're just listening to it. But it ha- has the four symbols: that living the gospel of Jesus Christ with the the uh, upstretched hands, the, the caring for caring for those in need, is like a, a handshake, and then uh, inviting all to receive the gospel, or as an outstretched hand with a heart in it, like you're offering them the love of of, of the Savior, and then. Uh, Uniting families is the the temple, but it's, he calls it his roadmap. Oh uh, yeah, for returning back to our loving heavenly Father. I'm like, oh, that's really nice. I like those, I like the symbolism of having that all together, visualizing it. I hope it's not a paper map. Like, remember how you had to fold those, and they never quite folded the way oh, that you. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, you know there, there were. I, I I could there's distinctly three different periods of my life. There, there was one where I was. Using the paper maps like that, and then we got into the thing where I would print off directions mm-hmm. from the internet and like physically have like the the, the printouts and be like, okay, hon, now turn right. Okay, next. Page. <laughs> uh, and then finally, we 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 got there where I just follow it on my phone. Yeah, and we'll let, let it tell me where to go. We've, but, you know, <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> anyway, but the uh, luckily the uh, the gospel is, is a lot more like the third one. I, I think you know they were um, it, it uh, as long as we're in tune, we've got it. You know uh, where we need to be, it, uh, the directions come to us. <laughs> yes, and adjustments can be made without you know having to buy another map or turn, exactly turn a page. You, just, you, get, you get the 
rerouting, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, recalculating, right? You know, that that's the whole thing. Repentance means to turn around, literally. Yep. So, yeah, <laughs> I okay, so um, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, I just. I, this is kind of going back on my whole thing that I said before about conference where it's like taking off the layers that I had piled on myself. This talk is exactly what I mean, where it's like, we're getting down to just the basic, like this really is just what you need to do. End of story. It's not any big mysterious thing. It's not super elaborate. There's not big whole, you you know, programs that you need to be doing all the time. Focusing on those four points that we talked about earlier and ma- just remembering that the gospel is simple. Like we need to just keep it simple. Um, that was, I just love that. It's just so refreshing to be reminded of that. Yeah, I love this this quote from uh, President Oaks he, he mentions. He says, we are, are taught many small and simple things in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to be reminded that in total and over a significant period of time, those seemingly small things bring to pass great things. And he also um, uh, brings in the story of uh, Naaman, who uh, goes to the prophet uh, at, of the time at, with leprosy. He had the Naaman has leprosy. And the prophet tells him to go uh, wash seven times in the River Jordan. And the, apparently this, this was not the, the nicest of rivers. It wasn't uh, the grandest body of water. Um, and so at first he's just like, oh, like, what, what is this? I, I was expecting some like really cool, you know, him to come out and heavenly light and angel, you know, whatever. He's expecting something bigger. Um, but then Naaman's servant is like, well, you know, you would have done something really incredible if the prophet had said, go, you know, go out and move to Missouri, you know, something, you know, huge. Um, but he said, why not do, do the simple thing that the prophet asks you to do that, you know, listen to him in that. And so it, he convinces Naaman to go do it. And then he, he's healed of his leprosy, which in that, in those days, especially was uh, a death sentence. Yeah. Uh, and and the rest of your life was also not only going to be uncomfortable, but you're also going to be ostracized from society. I mean, it really was like the end of your life while you were still living. Yeah, it was uh, awful. And, but he was he was healed by following the small and simple thing that the prophet asked him to do. And it, I think it's it's the the point is we got we got to do that consistently. Mm-hmm. It's the small things over a significant period of time. And I think when you're doing those small things, I, I don't, I can't think of one time where the prophet asked, has asked for anything really big. But again, I've been a member of the church my whole life. I've grown up listening to the prophet's voice. Um, but I could see like people who, you know, they're new to the faith and whatever. And, you know, they join the church and all of a sudden they're like, wait, food storage? Wait, what? Wait, you know, all these, <laughs> and they get kind of overwhelmed, but it's because the prophet, it's just like little things step by step. Hey, you know, make sure you're, you know, going to the temple, make sure you're paying your tithing. And if we do follow those little things, nothing that the prophet is going to ask us is going to be like this just mind boggling, earth shattering thing, in my opinion. I yeah. think we'll be ready. We'll be primed and ready to just be like, oh, the prophet said this, so I'm going to do it. It's like almost a, like you don't even have to think about it. Um, but if you're not yeah, used it, to it, you won't be like that. I think it's a way the Lord is establishing uh, trust with us too. Like he, 
if if we can demonstrate that we trust his servants in the small things that in he can trust us with bigger things down the road too i think yeah i liked the story in this talk about the oh, what was his name i don't even know how to say this he's danish i want to say we would say jens but it might be jens Anyway, it's probably Jens. Jens. Oh, light bulb. Yes. Yes. So I love this talk because this is like exactly how the spirit works with me. It's weird. It's crazy, but it works. And I love it because he's, Uh, he's home. He's just like, whatever, puttering around the house. And all of a sudden he gets this like feeling like you have to go get this light bulb to change this light right now. Right. No. And he's like, it's right before dinner. His wife's calling them. Hey, dinner time. And he's like, I've known what I like what he says. He says, I had been married long enough to know that this was not the time to start doing anything else. (laughs) (laughs) But, but he got, I know, but he got, he just got that prompting just so strong. No, you need to go and you need to go right now. As a matter of fact, He lived really close to the store, like on the other side of this pond. But for some reason, he's like, I grabbed my bike. He usually could just walk, but he grabbed his bike. So he's like moving even faster than he normally would have. And as he's riding past this pond, he witnesses a two-year-old little boy fall into the pond. And so he hurries over and he pulls this boy out um, and saves this little boy's life. And I'm just like... And no one else would have. No. He'd have been... He would have been gone. They, yeah. And it all starts with the fact that he just gets this prompting like, hey, uh, you need to go get that light bulb fixed. I mean, it doesn't even have anything to do with a little boy just fell in the pond. Can you go rescue him? The Lord didn't even talk to him like that. He's just like, he used something <laughs> He used something that could be translated for Yen's understanding at that moment. And that's how the spirit works with me. And it's so nuts because it, I can't tell you how many times I'll get a prompting and it is just crazy. My husband will even be like, are you sure? Like, this is the weirdest thing. <laughs> and we'll, Do you have an example? Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think. I There's so many. And they're all just like little too. Some, not like they're unimportant, but they're just these little moments. And it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, you'd think yeah. by now I'd I'd realize, you know, oh yeah, there's a weird thing happening. It's you know, this is this is a spirit. But so I loved <laughs> this story because I was like, this is me. Like the spirit's like, you need to change that light bulb like right now. And I'll be like, why is this important right now? And I will argue with the Lord about it. I do that. And then he'll be like, no, you need to do it now, now, now. And then, you know, something amazing like that will happen. I save a little boy's life. It's crazy. But it was a simple thing. And I love how it says, after he says the whole reason that he was able to listen, that the spirit was able to talk to him, is that he prays every morning for help to recognize the promptings from the Holy Ghost, even something as unusual as to immediately change a light bulb. And see right there, that's that's one of the pillars of his soul, I think. Yeah, that 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 goes into that that other topic. That is something that is fundamental to him. Uh, and so the Lord can speak to him like that. You know, I, I actually had a, a very I didn't save anybody's life like physically, uh, but I had a, a similar experience on my mission, in fact. I, w- I was in Germany, but I was serving also on an American uh, military base. And uh, there the 
state president and said, oh, there's this new family who's moved in, but we don't have any contact information for them. And we just really want to get a hold of them. And they said, you know, they gave him the, gave me us this, just a last name. And like, if you're out, if you, if you see somebody, you know, uh, with this name, so, you know, all the military people have their last name on their uniform. And so like, you know, keep an eye out for them because we really want to find this family and get them, you know, let them know when church is and get them uh, in, you know, active or, you know, they're over here in a foreign country, probably for the first time. And so I was out with my companion and all that, I got this really strong prompting that like, you need to go buy batteries. But like, it was very similar to this. Like you, you need to do this right now. And I'm like, I tell my, my companion who I'm, I'm training, you know, he's in my, my, he, he's very new. And I'm like, Elder, we're going up onto the base and we know get some batteries for like, I think I had like a voice recorder or something that I, I, I would send messages home with, you know, be- days before we could zoom. Uh, <laughs> I, what would I would have given? Um, <laughs> but I, we, we went to uh, this little store and base. It's kind of like a convenience store. And I found the batteries and I was standing in line and I turned around and uh, there, there's a, a soldier there with in his uniform and he had the same last name that the, the guy, uh, he had this last name of the guy we were looking for. And I'm like, Hey, are you brother? So-and-so. And he's like, elders, you know, like, <laughs> I was hoping to find you. Uh-huh. Been, I, I was praying that we'd find you. Um, yeah. And it's, this was totally the guy that we were looking for. Um, and so, yeah, then he, uh, we're like, okay, church is that, you know, we, we got him connected with the the church over there and he and his family started coming, you know, coming back to church and um, got involved. And, you know, it was just this wonderful thing for them. Um, and it was all just, you know, this, it was that just like the, in this story, the weird off the wall prompting, like you need to go do this right now. And especially as a missionary, you know, there's very, we have a very specific sort of routine. Like you don't, it's not something I would usually do on a normal missionary day. Like it wasn't preparation day or anything. Uh, but because we did it right then, that's exactly when this, this brother was also going to be like literally right in line behind us. It was so amazing. That's so cool. But yeah. The, the spirit works in amazing ways like that. And I think it's just, you know, God sees everything as they, as it is. But we can only see it in our little world. And so to us, your experience, it's like, why do I need to get batteries right now? You know, or (laughs) in Yen's case, why do I have to get a light bulb right now? But God's like, do this because this is why this is happening. And so it's really, it's really cool. He sees the whole board. He's moving all the pieces exactly where he needs them to be. He does. You just have to trust the the master's hand in this. No matter how weird it may seem. (laughs) <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> it's so true. Actually, there's a woman in my, well, she's not in the same ward that I'm in anymore. So I'm going to share this story and hope she doesn't get mad at me. I won't say her name though. She, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I that. <laughs> she got up in church one time and she shared an experience. Her family, her and her family had been living in Japan for a couple of years. Um, and mm. this new little family had just moved in to their little branch. And she was already thinking of, um, what she could do to help this family feel welcomed. Um, so it's like the second principle in this talk of caring for those in need. You know, she knew what it was like to be an expatriate in another country. And this little family probably needed a little bit of something to show that they were thought of. So she prayed to ask the Lord, like, what should I 
take this family? And the answer was bananas. And she was like, (laughs) she was like, bananas, you know, like, who does that? Who takes people bananas? That's so weird. So she did what I would have done and kind of prayed again going, are you sure we're talking bananas or is this just some random weird thing coming out of my head? And again, the prompting was bananas. So she's like, I was mortified at what this woman was going to think I'm like showing up with bananas at her house. But I, I just felt like that's what I need to get. So she goes to the store and she picks out a bunch of bananas and she takes it to this family and she knocks on the door. And I guess it's a family with some little kids and the woman answers the door and, you know, there's chaotic little kids, everything running around. And she looks really frazzled. And my friend (laughs) embarrassingly hands her this bunch of bananas and says, welcome to Japan. I brought you these bananas, you know, and the, the coolest thing happened. This woman, she broke down crying. And when she was able to compose herself, she said, thank you so much for bringing these. She said, my kids have so many food allergies. And I go to the store and I, I don't know what the labels all say. So I don't know what's in certain foods. So I didn't, I, you know, and she said the only fruit that they love and will never complain about eating is bananas. Bananas. And I love that story. I've told it to so many people. It's just the perfect example. And just, I mean, she could have totally been like, I'm going to play this cool and I'm not bringing bananas to this family. Maybe I'll make. I'm going to bring cookies and then they can't eat them. Right? Like, I'm going to bring maybe banana bread (laughs) instead because that's a fancier way of bananas. Or she could have totally, like, put, like, her ego into it, you know, and been like, well, but I don't want to look like the weird lady who shows up with bananas at people's houses. But she was willing to, to follow the prompting as it was and kept it simple. And look what it was. I just think it's so cool. Oh, what a great story. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. I, I love I love seeing those, like how well the, you know, Holy Father knows us. He knows our needs and he, we can work through each other to to meet our needs. That's just so great. Well, great. Uh, I, I I just wanted to so you go ahead and wrap up to see, see if you had any um, you know, final thoughts but to, from these two talks to kind of um, tie everything together. I just think we, you know, We need to just go back to basics. I think that's, if I were to have a theme for my life in 2020 and 2021 and probably the rate we're going 2022, it's to just, (laughs) (laughs) it's to be very intentional with living the gospel by just doing these basic things that uh, the prophet and the apostles teach us to do. And these two talks are a really good jumping off point if you kind of don't I don't know if you feel overcomplicated or you feel like, you know, you've just kind of gotten yourself into kind of a funk or a bind. These two talks are great to go back and read and like say, okay, these are the highlights of what I should be doing. And then you're able to kind of start over again, you know? They're good goal setting talks. And I I think that even literally going down and writing down, hey, what are my basic things of my soul? And so that you can go from there and say, okay, if these are, the things of my soul, therefore, what? You're like, what do, What does that mean? How do I translate that and sh- into my real life? 
and just how do I show that by the habits uh, that I'm forming, by the things I choose to do, by the way I choose to act. I, I think that's my takeaway. It's like, how does that really look like? And what are the little things that I can incorporate into my routine? And it was one thing I've learned is that re- uh, good habits don't just accidentally happen, not typically. Uh, <laughs> that you, you have to be very intentional and you can you and the, that's the great thing about the gospels they can be these small and simple things and you can do them a little bit more and a little bit more over time but it's that consistency that matters um we got, and you you grow and progress so slowly that you might not re- realize it until you look back and say oh my goodness those those little things over over the course of a year or even a a, a few months or whatever have completely turned things around so i say you no know, literally Go and write your stuff down and then prayerfully ponder, like, what does that mean? How can I make the first few steps in this direction if this is what I'm made of? So, I yeah, I, I think these are great January talks, right? Yes, <laughs> about gold. definitely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Conference Talk Podcast. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and share us with a friend. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to read the talks we've discussed, find the resources we've mentioned in the show notes, send us a message, or follow us on social media. You can do all of that on our website, conferencetalk.org. Now, big thanks to my co-host, Melissa Fugaza, for hopping on the mics with me. And you can catch Michael Young at Michael, sorry, authormichaelyoung.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next week with another episode of the Conference Talk Podcast. <laughs>